superpowers, and kryptonite. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn Gregory, and you're on Gut Plus Science, a mentoring platform for people-first leaders of all levels. Here, we talk to exceptional leaders who prioritize culture, get fired up about employee engagement, and are excited to share ideas and tools for bettering employee experience to help others. Thank you for joining us to invest in being a better leader. Now, let's get to it. I love when outstanding leaders share how their awesome ways have been shaped by their childhood. This episode highlights how to lead people to their superpowers and how to understand our kryptonite in order to experience truly meaningful, energizing work that's so much fun. It doesn't even feel like work. Let's get to it. Hey, it's Nikki, and I'm back with my pal, Brandon Miller, CEO of 34 Strong. Truth be told, because I am nearly obsessed with the strengths-based leadership model that I've been learning from him and his team and want to share it as much as I can. Like, why lead any other way? So, Brandon, we are featuring another client and friend of yours today to dig into your story working together and to highlight the greatness of the work of your two teams. Brandon, welcome back. Tell us the backstory about meeting Mona and your beginning of working together and introduce our guest today, please. Absolutely. Nikki, I am obsessed with strengths too. I admit it. It's compulsive now. It's hard to not think that way. And it's always fun to meet leaders that are already ahead of you in this way of thinking. And that's our guest today, Mona. Uh, We met some years back at a business advisory session. It was her first day back in the office. She had her newborn baby with her. And as we were sitting in the session, she had to excuse herself a couple times to attend to the little one. And every time she'd come back in, she would have just these brilliant nuggets to make about seeing people through the eyes of their superpowers and positioning them to do what they do best. And I I wanted to hand her the mic and say, well, do, do you want to just keep going? Because you're literally saying what it is we're trying to reinforce here. And for Mona, Uh, That was already a way that she chose to think about her team. And so in the course of time, we determined it might be a good idea to get to do some work together and start with her emerging leadership team, uh, a team of people that she had hand-selected, had personally invested into, and she was cultivating them to grow as leaders in her organization. And little could we have known that a short time, relatively short time later, uh, this emerging company that she was leading would take quantum leaps, grow so rapidly and significantly. So today, I'm happy to introduce the CEO of New West Healthcare, Mona Vesa, and she can tell the story of being a strengths-based leader who is building an outstanding, high-caliber strengths-based organization. Oh, so strengths, superpowers. I love these kind of conversations. So let's just dig right in. Mona, welcome to Gut Plus Science. First up, before we dig into your superpowers angle of the things that I'm so curious about, I'd love for you to tell us about the massive growth you all have experienced in recent years. Thank you, Nikki. Brandon, you're absolutely right. That was my first day coming back from maternity leave. And I had always thought about people in these kind of two categories. They have superpowers and then they have kryptonite. And what I learned in meeting you was that these things are actually the same thing, just two flips of the coin. Nikki, yes, we have had massive growth over the last five years. And 
over the last three years in particular, we've grown 500% year over year. It's been incredible. It's been so fascinating to watch the team just step into their superpower seats. They have done work that they never believed they could do. They have conquered some of the hardest challenges in the last three years, but every single time they do, that has just made them stronger and more resilient. We were based out of Seattle, Washington, right before the COVID pandemic happened. And we happened to be in the right place at the right time. One of the first couple of patients that was diagnosed uh, with COVID-19 was right in our backyard. And so what the team did is what they knew best. They assembled teams, small teams that run together very, very fast. Each person knew exactly their superpower seat to sit in. And we helped make sure that healthcare workers got in every single nook and cranny of the country from first serving the state of Washington, then New York, then Florida, the state of Montana. We even helped some rural areas of United States, the territory of Guam and American Samoa. So we have had a very busy two years, but all of this was really centered and started much before that. The team really only could respond because they already knew how to work together. So a lot of that is testament to strength finders and the language that, that Brandon brought us about four years ago. Wow. And I know values are core to your culture and this growth stability and what gave you that backbone as you grew so fast. So tell us, how did you develop your values for New West Healthcare? And tell us the values too, when you tell the story. So, you know, I believe that great companies start with great values. And if you don't have a leader who understands their values, there's no way they can bring a values-based systematic way to an organization. And so years earlier, about 17 years ago, I started the business with one of my very close friends and we started defining these values. You know, who are we going to be in the marketplace and who are we going to be for our team? And so we set out four values that guide everything we do. The first one is transparency. So we make sure that we're having honest conversations together. We talk about all the elephants in the room. Don't leave anything off the table. With our clients, we're very transparent around what's happening. And, you know, right now we're in the middle of a workforce crisis, especially in healthcare. You know, all we can do is be as transparent as, as possible and give them as many options for them to get to decide what to do from there. Our second value is commitment. This is such an important one for us as a team. When you are really committed to something, that's a behavior that's very, very shown, right? You do your best work. You bring your best self to work every single day. Uh, that's one of our values. And for our clients and our candidates, we're committed to their experience. We're committed to their, their goals and their missions to make sure we help them achieve those. Specialization is our third value. And we believe here at New West that small teams run faster and further together each of our teams are organized as such where they can have very deep expertise. And then impact is our last value, but one of the most important ones. We believe that here at New West, 
we're only doing our work best when we're creating impact for our customers, our candidates, and our clients. We believe that it's important to give every single person a seat at the table, and that includes women. And so we've been very committed to making sure that New West is a best place to work. It's a diverse place to work, but it's also a place where women can do their best work. Beautiful. And Mona, in order to stay rooted in your values, you must have had this foundational depth that it seems like you all had. Can you share the actions that you took or ways you all continue to practice growing in your values so our listeners can get an idea of what you did before the pandemic and still do regularly as actions to grow and deepen your values foundation? Nikki, that's a great question. Our values were our North Star before and during the pandemic. So one of the things we did is as we were getting calls left and right, I mean, my phone was blowing up. I couldn't answer it fast enough. It would ring at all morning and, you know, 1 a.m. And it didn't matter when. It was just it was constantly ringing off the hook because the demand for healthcare workers was so great over the last two years. Mm-hmm. And the first thing we did is we told our prospective clients exactly our value set. And so they knew that's what they would experience in working with New West. And what that really allowed us to do was communicate early and often what kind of partner we were going to be. And if that meant that that's the kind of partner that customer wanted, it ended up into really beautiful synergy. You know, most of those customers are still customers today. Um, because we help them navigate through some of the hardest times in the last two years. You know, Nikki, something I've watched with Mona and her team is there's this idea that values go up and that's just who we are. But in most cases, values at best are 80% actual and they remain 20% aspirational. We're reaching, we're growing them. And something I've watched in Mona, even up to present day in the next season is an attention to making sure we are still standing up to them and how are we further aspiring to them. One of the phrases I've heard them use at New West often is, we can do hard things. And it plays into that commitment and transparency and impact they want to make and something that Mona has really personally led the charge on that we can do this, we can make this happen. And we're not going to rest on where we've been with our values. We're going to continue to build on them. That's awesome. And I'd love to know, you know, this, we can do hard things that really mantra that's so powerful that if you can get all of your team behind that, gosh, like just talk about superpower. I'm curious where that phrase came from and, and really how you've instilled that throughout the organization, Mona. That's a great starting point to kind of talk about how our values have shaped over time. So In the last three years, you know, we always keep values at the forefront of how we make decisions, where our strategy drives us. And it it started with this concept of as soon as we do something hard, that is very, very challenging. You see this bounce back effect from the team and it's resilience. It's their ability to know that really doing hard things is going to make them stronger. And we've had to tap into it as, you know, the globe and the country's been in front of some of the 
most hardest and challenging things. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And I want to go a little bit deeper on, you know, when Brandon met you and you two immediately found this connection and maybe Brandon, you want to kick this off because you were just sharing like the memory of, of meeting Mona and remembering, you know, her new child that was just born. But what stood out was this superpower verbiage, this angle that really aligned with your strengths-based approach that I want to dig into a lot and like really help us understand how do we help identify the superpowers within our team. So maybe Brandon, you kick that off and then we'll turn it over to Mona to see where that came from. Yeah. When we were discussing StrengthsFinder or as it can be known, Clifton Strengths now, I was able to share that a person's greatest strengths, their greatest assets as identified by this assessment usually sit in the top 10 strengths. And those strengths, which really we could call them talents, there are these recurring patterns of how we think, how we feel, how we behave, and they can be productively applied. They could become, as Mona uses the term, superpowers, which I love, because they really are what you do better than many others. It's your standout ability to sustain excellence over time. What we also learn about talent, though, is that because these are patterns, they're really neutral. So the same talent that can be used for outstanding, amazing results can also be overused or misused and actually start to work against you. It can actually start to subvert effort because it's too much. So for example, the most common strength in the world as measured by StrengthsFinder is Achiever. And Mona, we have lots of those at New West, right? Lots of achievers. We do. Yeah. When we say we could do hard things, they're not kidding. They have this achiever strength uh, thoroughly throughout, woven throughout the fabric of their culture. And that's awesome because there's endurance and resilience and this commitment to hard work. The challenge, though, and where this can become a kryptonite is burnout. At times, achievers can work themselves to the point that they're into an overworked state before they know it or can recognize it. It can actually start to have adverse consequence for performance. And so it does require an understanding that the same asset can become a liability if not understood and governed. And, and at times, as as no doubt, you know, Mona's seen and, and we've seen in our own companies, is achievers want to set the pace for production. And so as a consequence, sometimes they look lesser upon those who don't share the same stamina. And there are times where that has to be rooted out to understand they have a different superpower. Mona's comment about a diverse workforce where she promotes people to rise up, differences can become an advantage to you. And so therefore, you don't want all one strength. You don't want all achievers. You want other representation. At New West, for example, they have a lot of people with high empathy who are very intuitive and caring and thoughtful. And in this medical space, they meet a lot of other empaths in the nursing world because that draws a lot of them. And so learning how to respect both of those strengths is something I got to watch that that superpower kryptonite work hand in hand. Mm. So before I have you two take us through the process of how you helped your people at New West unlock their superpowers and just that journey collaborating, Mona, you know, when you all met that verbiage superpowers was like aligning with what Brandon was saying with strengths-based leadership. How did you get to that place of prioritizing superpowers and kryptonite that like language and that focus? Where did that come from? You know, Nikki, my uh, personal story and some of my personal values come from being a immigrant to the United States. So I 
was born in Iran, Tehran, Iran. And we, during the early 80s or late 80s and early 90s, were in front of a war between Iran and Iraq. And it got very, very difficult, very, very challenging to live there. So much so that my parents decided to, to leave the country. And we moved to Cairo. We then moved to Toronto for a little bit and eventually found our way to Seattle, Washington. And so I watched my parents, you know, each and every step do really hard things that were very challenging, you know, walk away from their families, walk away from really secure jobs to find a better life, a more secure life. My mother has always been since I was very, very young, told me one thing, you know, she didn't get the chance to go to university. That wasn't allowed for her generation. She always said, Mona, I would be an amazing CEO. And so part of my journey in being a female business leader is a testament to something that she never had the opportunity to do. So, you know, Life's going to throw us lots of challenges. Business always throws us lots of challenges. There was one set value that we had as a family that my parents set out, which was we are resilient. We bounce back. We do hard things. And that whatever you do, whatever you choose to do, whether it's a janitor, dishwasher, professor, a scientist, a business, you do your very best work each and every day. And so strength finders and your superpower seat. You know, when I met Brandon, the concept he taught me was that when you are in this flow, when you are doing the work that feels like your superpower seat, it becomes play. It no longer is work. And that resonated so much for me because that's when you're doing your best. You're bringing your best version of yourself and your best version of your work. Mm. I call that feeling alive, like living alive. And I feel like work is such a great opportunity that pours into everything else that we do. And so it's just a beautiful thing. And wow, the power of helping others see things in us that we don't see in ourselves, such a testament to your mom's role in modeling empowerment and coaching and, you know, just walking this storyline to help other leaders get inspired to see like, the legacy. I think that's the word, the legacy you can leave on others when you help them see things, superpower strengths that, and help them build those, it changes your life. And so, like I said, why talk about anything else? So take us through the process of how you two have collaborated at New West with the team members to unlock these superpowers and recognize kryptonites to really help elevate people at New West. So, you know, Brandon came in and we did a one day discovery session with the team. And it was actually, it was amazing to watch them discover themselves, you know, so there was a test, a Clifton Strengths test we performed, and then everyone got to see their top 10 values. And then we really anchored on their top five strengths. And from there, you know, we've been at this for four to five years now. And the really cool thing that I get to watch and see is when you get to see people come and just step into their superpowers and do amazing work, feel their confidence radiate through. 
And then the second thing that you get to see is it becomes a language that accelerates integration of new team members into our team. And that's been a really awesome residual benefit of just being committed to this strength-based approach. You know, when someone comes into the business, we they have an integration partner and the integration partner walks them through, okay, here's these people, key stakeholders that you're going to work with. Here are their top five strengths. Here's how you're going to, you know, turn on their superpower seats and these are blind spots so that then the team can really start to work together in really amazing ways. I would even back up that, that if I recall, we got to do a, a session with your emerging new leaders. Isn't that right? Didn't we get to yep. meet with them first and get them prepared so that when they start seeing all these top five reports, they kind of had an idea of, oh, that's what we're going to do with this. And so we got to take them through our management academy. Something we talk about in our work is that often leaders do a really good job of of thinking about where people could fit well and that makes business sense to them. And then when you move down to the next level of middle management, it's often where the gap exists because middle managers have the job of often doing the work and then trying to manage others to also do the work. And therein creates a tension or a, a challenge. And so we met with this amazing group of emerging leaders there in Seattle and I remember commenting to you of just how impressed I was with this group of leaders, probably, what, 80% of them owned were in their 20s, later 20s? Yep. Yeah, very. I think most were in, this was their first career job or second career job. And yet just this understanding and appreciation for this concept, it was immediate reception, immediate ability to adopt and say, let's go. So by the time, as Mona's saying, we got to the discovery day, we had a group of leaders ready. They were ready to know their team's strengths. And Nikki, that becomes all the difference is I want to know, I want to understand, I want to appreciate, I want to validate because this is going to help me more effectively manage you. And that goes into where we get to performance because the strengths approach at its core is meant to enhance performance even if that performance means 500% growth a year, it positions an organization where that's not unattainable because people are doing what it is that they do best and they can thrive in that space. This team, Nikki, they were resilient. They held together. They managed that change. And I believe in large part because they really had engaged a philosophy of strengths. The tools are great. StrengthsFinder is amazing, but they embraced a philosophy of positioning themselves and their team. And I think that has made all the difference. And Brandon, what's a standout in Mona and New West that you wish you had with every client? So I love it when there's alignment from CEO to executive team to middle leaders and through that alignment and investment into to proper positioning of leaders empowered to engage the people side. And so in Mona's context, there's a leader, her name is Tracy. And Tracy is what we refer to as the executive sponsor. So Mona has given Tracy authority to make decisions and help form a strategy of how they're going to implement and importantly, sustain this initiative. Because what tires people out is one initiative after the next. You know, Mona goes to a business group, I have another new idea. And everybody, you know, collectively like, Oh, you know, the, <laughs> oh, great, another one. <laughs> but in her case, 
allowing not only for the team to immerse in a philosophy and in a concept with resources, but to empower leaders to really run it. And I, I can look back on my time in, in serving this organization with our team and see that as a common thread as Mona's leadership delegated to the executive sponsor who then developed an internal team of people that will grow and sustain this far beyond 34 Strong's time with them. That's the difference maker, Nikki. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing. And okay, I'm still new with Clifton's drinks, kind of getting obsessed like I shared, but let me preface this next question for you, Mona, around my DISC assessment experience. The common language that DISC created for me and has for a long time is, you know, I can jump on a sales meeting and if someone else from my team is on there, I can be sending them a chat to help them understand who this person is and really helping us like walk through the sales process. I'm like, hi, D, get to the point, three minutes, right? Or, you know, when we're looking for a new person on our team, I'm like, all right, we need like a hybrid between an S, but we need some I in there, you know, and everyone kind of knows this because I've done that for so long that it's just become this common language. So just as as an example, in our sales process, or when we're hiring, share a little bit more about how the power of the common language that you reference, or the common philosophy, as Brandon was sharing, how that has really come alive inside your organizations from Clifton Strengths. We um, absolutely, we work with each of our small teams in this way. And what Brandon was talking about earlier was how the managers have really taken this on as a common language. And so one of the things that we'll do is as any new team forms, the first thing we'll do is we'll start to survey them. And then we will put in front of that leader, the collective of that team. And so that leader can pull up and start to work on that team to one, position their strategy so they work for them. Two, they're going to understand how they're going to work with other departments within the business or externally and understand, you know, where they're going to excel, where they could have blind spots that they'll need to address and have strategies for. And so it really allows that that new leader for any team or a growing team or a developing team to work on their team instead of in their team. And that's the biggest thing that we've been able to see is this language of the coach really being able to be the coach. We think of managers at New West as coaches because they're really trying to tap into performance of that team. And so it allows them to know, you know, just like how uh, the head of a football team would know, I've got a great defense, I've got a weak offense and my special teams is really uniquely good. It allows our managers to have the same look into their team and be able to help them reach peak performance. Support she's talking about, Nikki, that you've Uh seen, it's the team strengths grid Uh with that summary that shows where everybody's plotted and it shows you where, you know, we share strengths as a team, what that common language does for us, and then where your outliers are people that they're the only one that brings a certain strength to the mix. And it really helps when you're a manager, when you can see where my top strengths are someone's lesser strengths. Those are ones they don't share as much or vice versa, or where we seem to have similarities, but we have a different mixture. So it just, that recipe comes out just slightly different and it gives us some room to to build some of that common language into our team dynamics. Mm. 
I think we have our next session coming up in just a couple of days that we're going to be diving into. So I cannot wait to do that with my team. Mona, before we go, what's your key advice for leaders to grow a healthy team, both helping some team members develop and grow and others, other team members navigate a different career path? Yes. So that is a, that's a great question. You know, it's always a very difficult thing to do as a leader, but I really do believe that it always starts with, you know, understanding each person's willingness. You know, you can't will someone to success. They have to will themselves. That's the only way it works. So where individuals have the willingness or the will to do their best work each and every day, that's where then we use our values and our strength-based approach to put them on the best seat on the team for them, for them to excel and where there isn't willingness, then it's, you know, right person, wrong seat, right person, wrong company. So that is how we think about that. Great. Thank you so much, Mona. Thank you, Brandon, for the introduction to Mona. We're going to take just a quick break here from our sponsor message today, and we'll be back with our lightning round, which we're always shaking up the questions. So lots of fun questions coming from Mona. And I've got a few for Brandon too. And we'll be right back. If you're leading with a people-first mindset, which most likely you are because you're listening to Gut Plus Science, join People Forward Network, the largest community of humans on a shared mission to lead meaningful work. You can find us at peopleforwardnetwork.com or follow People Forward Network on LinkedIn. Hey, it's Nikki and we're back on Gut Plus Science and have had the pleasure of meeting with Mona Vesa today with my friend, Brandon Miller. It's been so fun talking about superpowers and strengths. We're going to now dig into our lightning round. So Mona, we ask everybody to pick one book to share, favorite book of all time or a favorite recent read for our leader listener audience. What would you pick? My favorite book right now is You Win in the Locker Room First, The Seven C's to Build a Winning Team. And it's by John Gordon. It is such a good book about building culture, how to bring teams together and how to get them to performing. Hmm. Awesome. That's a new one for our list. Thank you. And Mona, we have never asked this question yet. What do you think makes a person beautiful? I love that question, Nikki. You know, I think about beautiful people. I think about people who are really authentic. They are very grounded in their values and they have peace in what they want and what life really means to them. And I I think about my mom. She was just diagnosed with cancer in the last two weeks, and I've never seen someone more at peace with the life that they have led. You know, she's, I know, has a lot more in her and she's going to fight very, very hard, but she's had a full life. She's accomplished very many things and has built a legacy that will stand the test of time. Wow. Wow. And so many beautiful things that we talked about that guided your career path that I hope you definitely share this episode with her. Such a beautiful response. Thank you for sharing that. And Mona, how have you changed most in the past five years? The past five years have been just an incredible experience, you know, just to kind of give the audience a little reference, you know, I'm turning 40 this year in January and 
you know, your thirties to your forties are such, they're such big points in your life. They're big milestones. You know, I've had two kids, beautiful kids, Calvin and Mila. And when I think about the work that I've been able to do here at New West and the legacy of building a diverse workforce, first and foremost, and then secondarily giving a platform for women leaders to have a place and a space in to do their very best work. I think about my mom and actually she had three sisters who all fled Iran and each of them went to countries and they did what they could do to make a living for their families. So my oldest aunt, she left Iran, she was the very first, moved to Toronto and she knew how to cook. And so she built a business, a catering business that ended up being now a almond roastery business. And she's left a legacy for her kids. And now her daughter runs that business. My other aunt who lives near us here in Seattle, she had similar challenges, did the exact same thing, actually started a catering business here in Seattle. And then my parents, you know, I watched them leave three countries, have very little knowledge of the language and be able to build a great life for us here in the States. And they did that by really allowing each of us and them to do their best work. And so I think the last five years have been formative and, you know, me kind of passing that baton and letting the team members start to step into their power seats. I have a sign in my house. It's a new sign and it says every family has a story. And I think about like, as I'm listening to this, just the power of the story in your family and how it's lived out to like to what we're talking about and like what you've built. And it's just so cool. You know, like not all family stories are super beautiful, right? Like we, we have to take each of those and kind of put those together and create the path, but it is just really neat to see the story that your family has lived that, you know, not all things were beautiful and very challenging, but the beauty that you're highlighting on today's show from the family journey, it's just, it's touching. So Brandon, you're up, share a favorite project you've worked on in recent times. Ooh, favorite project in recent times has been the launch of a podcast <laughs> called The Strengths Whisperer. And on it, my business partner, Darren, and I get to bring in leaders like Mona and talk to them about their superpowers and what makes them great and hear insights into how they build amazing people-first organizations. So Mona knows that an invite's coming her way soon to join us on there. We're so excited to see the Strengths Whisperer come to life and inspire so many. We'll put a link out in this show, in the show notes, or you can go to 34 Strong, their website, and you can find more about that there. And um, Brandon, I also wanted to ask how listeners can discover their strengths if they haven't. What's the best way to do that? If they go to 34, the number three, the number four, the word strong.com, 34strong.com, and if you click on, I want to know my Clifton strengths, we will send you a code to learn your strengths. No charge. You can get a chance to find out what makes you great, your superpowers and your kryptonite 
And you can do that at 34strong.com. Oh, do it. Do it. If you've not done this, it's just so fun and it's so empowering. Our team has been having a great time with it. And I highly recommend going and checking out your strengths if you don't know them yet. Mona, how can our listeners connect with you after the show today? They can find us at newwestgroup.com. They can reach out if they're a client. There's a access form. They put their information right there. It comes directly to our sales team. And if they're a healthcare worker looking for work, there's a uh, browse jobs or they can actually just submit inquiry and someone from the team will reach out to them right away. Awesome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Nikki. Mona and Brandon and I had such a great conversation today. Here is my truth you can act on from our, our little chat. Number one, clarity of values from the top and regular work, regular to embed a deep foundation of those values is so powerful. You heard that today. Keep your values as your North Star in all you do and constantly revisit them in all of your efforts, leading, communicating, etc. Number two, practice, we can do hard things. I love that. It builds people and resiliency. And you heard that in the story today with Mona. And number three, have an empowering common language that your team knows and uses to accelerate impact in what you do. It's such a culture standout. We just left the world a little bit better. Now, go do something with it.